Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and here we are at episode 48 of the Student Ministry Podcast. Thanks so much for returning for all of you that have been coming back month after month for uh, all these episodes, all these uh, amazing stories from amazing youth leaders out there. Um, If you're new to the show, thanks so much for checking us out. Today, I am so excited because I have uh, a guest with us today uh, by the name of Johnny Radcliffe. Johnny is a youth pastor, but he is also really, really about networking working and the importance of networking within youth ministry. And today he's going to talk about his ministry, but he's also going to talk about that importance of networking. So uh, make sure you continue to, uh, to listen, make sure you um, take some notes. And uh, before we even jump into it, if you have not connected with other youth leaders in your area, make sure you do so. Johnny's going to give you some more reasons to do that. And uh, we're going to hear all that God has been doing in his story. But before we jump into all of that, uh, we do want to thank our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and that is G-Shades Student Curriculum. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum that is all about helping students bring that gospel lens to their everyday life. Uh, we we do often so many things unintentionally in our ministries. We, we talk about the gospel sometimes when we're only given an altar call and things like that. We teach students to do as Jesus did, but sometimes we forget to teach them to see as Jesus sees. And sometimes we give students a fractured picture of the faith by teaching students biblical principles and practices um, without actually tying them to their gospel foundation. So in an effort to try something different, G-Shades is a curriculum that's designed to help you produce confident, gospel-focused students who are able to use the gospel lens to navigate the complexities of modern culture. And we're in youth ministry professionally. And when it comes to the gospel, many of us are naturally modeling it to our students. But G-Shade's goal is to help youth pastors teach it to their students. Each series is complete with message uh, manuscripts, small group leader guides, parent guides, daily Instagram devotionals, games, graphic slides, and even bumper videos. There's a lot of content there. And uh, you can actually download a free week of G-Shade's curriculum at gshades.org. But when you're ready to order, you can use the promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, to receive 5% off of your order. Thanks so much to G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Now, like I said earlier, this is episode 48, and if you've been listening for a while, you know that this kind of throws the numbers off a little bit because this should have been 47 wrapping up for December, but uh, we've actually actually uh, did an extra episode this last month all about the National Youth Workers Convention. So if you haven't checked out episode 47 yet, all about the National Youth Workers Convention, go ahead and do that after you get done listening today. That'd be awesome. If this is your first time and you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app of choice. That would help us. And it also, uh, it would one thing that would help us is actually if you leave a positive comment that kind 
kind of helps us just kind of rise to the top and helps other people find us. And another thing that can actually help people find us is your sharing of this podcast. So if you know other youth workers or those others that are in student ministry and would benefit from hearing these amazing stories from other student ministry workers, be sure to share this podcast with them. With all that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation today with Johnny Radcliffe. Hey, Johnny, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, no problem. So Johnny Rad is on the show, and uh, so people may not know who you are. Um, so I, I'd love to, I'd love to for myself, um, but also for our listeners, uh, to just hear a little bit about your story um, and, and what got you into ministry in the first place and, and how God has brought you to the point where you are today. Love it. So my name is Johnny Radcliffe. I love how you picked up on the high school nickname there, Johnny Rad. That's good. That's good. Well, Um, it it works itself out. I mean, most people don't really have a a good, you know, name to make a nickname like that. And that, that just, it flows so well. Exactly. And it's such a cool last name because with my kids, they always have these shirts that say rad. So we just buy rad shirts and dress them up in it. It's this big ironic joke. Uh, even if no one's laughing, I'm laughing. But uh, So I'm located in the Philadelphia area. Uh, I am married uh, for 11 years and three kids, six, four, and two. So my life is very slow and very boring, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nothing going on here. Nothing. Uh, so as far as when it all got started, though, uh, I actually went to Liberty University and I'll describe this back before it was cool. Um, you know, Oh five to Oh eight, those are my years. And I, um, uh, I remember, so getting into ministry, I, I, uh, I always thought pastors talking about the call was this super mystic thing that they invented to just say, this is what I wanted to do. Uh, but then I experienced the call and it was crazy because they were talking about the need for people to go into ministry. And I just thought to myself, if it's not me, then who? And I felt like God shrugged at me, just kind of like, bro, (laughs) it's you. And I was like, crap. (laughs) So I did what everyone would do. They call, I called my youth pastor and he said, yeah, usually when people get this itch, you're going into ministry. And once again, I was like, well, crap. (laughs) So, but it's been an amazing ride. Uh, There's nothing else I would want to do. I'm one of those guys that wants to be an in-student ministry for life. Uh, because it's awesome and teams are awesome. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of the snapshot of how I got into it. But, uh, I started off in the Philadelphia area with a year internship and then took me out to the great Midwest, <laughs> Indiana, uh, three years. Wow. So that was an experience be a in for three years then. Yes. And you know what? Like, I mean, I bleed green. I am that obnoxious Philadelphia sports fan that everyone hates and I will not apologize, but I've picked up the Colts and the Cubs and Indiana university as, you know, some other, other rooting interests as well. So I do consider myself a Hoosier if they'll allow it. (laughs) Nice. Yes. But, but, uh, I moved back out here in, um, uh, 2012 and have been doing youth ministry in the Philly area since, uh, I'm a full-time youth pastor and I am also the Philadelphia area coordinator for national network of youth ministry. Cool. Cool. So yeah, we, we actually, uh, the national network was a longtime sponsor, uh, of the, the podcast. So 
listeners have heard me talk about the importance of networking for a long time. Um, I actually also uh, work with the National Network as the Colorado uh, director as well. And so I, nice. yeah, I can, we totally uh, can, can see eye to eye on the importance of networking for sure. Dude, love it. Like-minded. That's yes, good. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So so growing up, did you grow up in a, in a Christian home or was that um, was that something that developed later? Yeah, you know what? So it was a Christian home, but it was a very confusing Christian home. Hmm. Uh, because I remember when I was six years old, I gave my life to Christ. You know, the typical, like, whenever, there's no other way to tell your testimony without <laughs> saying, I grew up in a Christian home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but the biggest identifier in my life was uh, divorce. Hmm. And so it was an ugly divorce shortly around that time. So from a young age, I don't remember much of my parents being together. And uh, going through my teen years, the emotional baggage I had to sort out was pretty unreal. And I don't know if maybe that was God's uh, boot camp of keeping me <laughs> keeping me humble and wanting me to invest in teens. But, uh, you know, going through that and just feeling lost in middle school and uh, just really looking to get out when I hit high school. It was all these things that were really just a training ground for being in student ministry. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm sure that so un, unfortunately you could probably relate. <laughs> it's a kind of a, an odd strain of uh, a string of words there, <laughs> but unfortunately you can relate, but, uh, but, I, <laughs> but I'm sure that you found that, especially in our world today where, where most of the kids that you're probably interacting with are coming from divorced families or brokenness of some sort. And, and all of a sudden now you can say, Hey, you know, I, I've been there too. I mean, maybe I don't understand everything you're going through, but I, but I can relate to you. Yeah, exactly. Being a divorced family kid, you know, it's, it's actually its own little fraternity, yeah. but I will say, uh, for too long, I carried that chip on my shoulder and mm. it, it took me too long to realize that there are some kids who have both parents, but their home life is miserable. Mm. So for me to think that I have the market on dif- dysfunctional families, <laughs> it's just not the case. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of our kids are coming through the doors and they have uh, burdens that they won't open up about. Mm-hmm. And uh, just broken families. I mean, if the family's broken, it's a lot harder to minister. Yeah. Wow. So was there any sort of history of, of ministry, uh, professional ministry in your family, or were you the first one to go in, into it? You know what's funny? I There wasn't, but I come from two families that have been rock solid in the Christian faith. Okay. And didn't mean they were perfect. There are some traces of crazy along the way. Uh, but I owe a lot to my grandparents who were just prayer warriors. And um, they, also, they also started their own uh, fellowship that was reaching out to teens and college-age kids, doing some crazy crap in the <laughs> 70s when it, like, spirit was moving and yeah. you know, so were the demons, but, um, <laughs> uh, they, so, but my dad's a rock solid believer and, uh, I owe so much to him. And, uh, but what's so weird is, uh, so many of my cousins, I'm super tight with my cousins. A lot of us are in ministry mm. or medical. It's really those two paths. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> you just turned out you really wanted to help people. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. See, I like that positive. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just we're in it for the money. So that's why we said ministry. <laughs> totally. yeah, 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 especially the ministry people. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. absolutely. 
That's funny because uh, my sister and I, neither of us, we came from a, a family that was very devoted volunteers in the church and everything. Um, but I was the first um, pastor that's coming out of our family. But my sister is is actually in the nursing field. Um, so, so you can relate. Yeah, I can there relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what went wrong? You know, that's what we got to ask ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. So, so you are currently you're still in the Philly area, and um, so what is what does your ministry look like there at your current church? So, the church I'm at, I'm going into year five here, and um, one of the oh man, this I just cannot express enough how amazing year five is versus mm-hmm. one, two, and three. Uh, the, one of the biggest things that I'm preaching consistently is just longevity in the role. And uh, a lot of times in just meeting other youth pastors and uh, seeing, you know, young leaders, I actually see 24 year old Johnny in mm-hmm. them, you know, and mm-hmm. oh, that was a sight. Oh, it was painful. <laughs> I appreciate being 32 year old Johnny, but even in eight years, just the, the mind shift that happens is so key uh, because I remember being in that role and just, you know, nitpicking the church, like, Oh, I shouldn't be here because they believe in you can lose your salvation. And I believe in eternal security. And they're literally, they're reassuring me like, no, it's fine. Like you're good. I'm like, no, this isn't a fit. We're not theologically aligned. And it just being able to, to kind of look back and just one of those things is just losing that grass is greener Mm -hmm. complex that you kind of have young in leadership. Yeah. And so I could nitpick my church now, but overall, I'm in a great place and I'm very happy. Uh, But just being able to see my leadership team after five years, Mm. some of them have been from the beginning and others have been able to join on. But man, you don't get to really live in your culture that you're creating until year five, I would say. Uh, I don't know if you've spoken to people or experienced that for yourself, though. Yeah. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm currently starting year three at my church and, and I, I love where I am, but I hate it uh, all at the same time. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do with the ministry. It just has the fact, like, I hate being new and yeah. I hate that, that feeling of like, I'm always like, I'm always going to be learning, but I'm always learning about everything right now. And I can't, mm-hmm. can't wait to the point where I'm just able to just to hit the ground running. I've got the, I got the relationships already built. I've got, you know, the, the semblance of a team that, that God really wants here. And we're just like plowing right ahead. Um, and I was at my last church for, um, for 10 years and, and I was That's able to experience awesome. that for so long. And so it's, it's rough being yeah. here and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you have people be like, oh, yeah, you know, the McGillicuddy's, right? You're just like, no, I don't. And they're like, you don't know them? And it's like, I'm new here. Stop. But there are other things, too. Like, for example, our local, our home team school here, they have uh, Spirit Week. And it's actually this week. Hmm. And every year on a Wednesday night, they have like a powder puff color night thing. So I'll show up for our group that night and it'll be like 25% what it normally is. I'm yeah. like, where is everyone? I forgot. It's yeah. spirit week. <laughs> so, you know, those are the only things that you learn from being here. And I am, I'm not the guy that comes in with a great plan, mm. but I come in with a plan and I tweak the heck out of it mm. year after year. 
So I imagine, you know, once I hear hit year 20 here, there's actually going to be some good ministry. coming. <laughs> I might be a good yeah. youth foster at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually just talking to, uh, to uh, another friend that, that's going to be on the podcast and maybe the episode right before yours. Um, and, uh, and so he, he was talking about the, the importance of really sticking out as well and, and being able to, to really make those connections over time. And, uh, and, and I think that's so key. Like, like I can't, like I can't wait until I can get to that point where I just know the church so well, I know the community so well, and 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 maybe I'll be too old at that point to you know do all nighters and and you know uh, play dodgeball without you know throwing out my arm, but but real ministry will be able to happen at that point because right now I'm just kind of I'm just learning all the time, which is which is fine. Again, not downplaying learning, like keep learning the rest of our lives, but but still uh, I can't wait until that point where I where it just becomes really comfortable. Exactly. And uh one of the <clears throat> excuse me, one of the biggest enemies of longevity in the role is loneliness. Mm. Uh anyone listening to this who's been a student pastor for more than six months knows once the honeymoon phase fades off, man, it's tough. And, uh, you know, you're going to have peaks and valleys. And what do you do when you're in that valley where you feel like there's not someone in your corner that can pull you out? Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm so big on networking because whenever I show up and when I say network, there's, it's always a different thing, but mm-hmm. picture small group for youth pastors. That's kind of the picture there, Mm -hmm. just to be able, you have a fraternity of people who understand you without saying a word. You have people you can bounce ideas off of. You have people who are going through the same thing and asking the same questions to the point where you say, oh gosh, I'm not screwed up. I'm not the worst (laughs) pastor this church has ever seen, you know? And so there's actually a stat that NNYM has. Uh, It says that the average stay of a youth pastor is actually... 3.9 3.9 years, the average stay of a youth pastor, not in a network. Have you ever heard the stats where they're like, it's one and a half years. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's not that. No, maybe <laughs> yeah. volunteers included, but like, no, that stat's old. We need to phase that out. But the research shows that 3.9 years is the average stay for someone not in a network, mm-hmm. which once you hit, like I said, you're not hitting year five. Mm-hmm. You're not able to live in the culture you created and to really go deep soul knitting mm-hmm. with these people. Well, for those who are in a network, the average is actually 9.3 years <laughs> in your church, like almost three times more. Yeah. And I totally see it. I mean, I don't know. Have you seen it that way? Yeah. Do you feel that people in networks stay longer? Oh, totally. And, and I think the cool thing that I have, that I've realized is that I have some good connections with people that, that I was in ministry and I was in networks with back in new England and those connections have stayed throughout the throughout the years. Even though I moved to Colorado, we're still in this together. And and I think it's been it's been a mutual benefit of both of us being able to still support each other, even though we are miles and miles apart from each other now. And and we've been able to encourage each other. And those there's those times where sometimes it's even helpful for for someone that is not in my immediate community. <laughs> <laughs> because yes. sometimes we're reaching the same people, um, yeah. but to have someone that's on the clear other side of the of the country and being able to go, hey, you know what? I've got this issue. It's it's making me really frustrated right now. 
and they're able to just come along and, and encourage and pray for each other and and it's been it's been huge to to be able to have that with other like-minded people um, because as you said like the loneliness factor is so important we got some residents right now that are on our staff and and I was express, expressing to them like sometimes ministry can be lonely especially in leadership and um, and that's something that they are going through and, and struggling through right now because they're experiencing it for the first time and and it sucks <laughs> it's not yes. good but it's but it's real and uh and i think networks and, and other things like that are are huge in making sure that you don't feel completely lonely um over those years because because after you do hit the, that year five and after you do hit that year eight and nine all of a sudden you can make some strong relationships within your church as well and then they can actually come alongside you um one of the big things that that i experienced in my last church was my my wife went through um some loss in her family um her she lost her mom and her and a couple of her grandparents within the course of just a few months wow. and at that point, we were at our church for like eight or nine years, and it was our ministry families that came around us and supported us. Um, it was the youth, other youth pastors that were around me and our ministry families. That wouldn't have happened in year one through five, probably. Um, right. But because we had poured into them, and hopefully we'd shown them how to care for people, they were able to care for us when we needed it most as well. Wow. Yeah, I can... I, you, you can just see it. Once you've tasted it, you can see it. Uh, and it's, it, I keep going back to, uh, like I said, you know, preaching at 24 year old youth pastor, Johnny, <laughs> uh, I, I was meeting with some youth, some younger youth pastors, uh, just kind of in like a mentoring role. And we were talking about longevity in the role. And it was so funny because I said to them, I was like, I know you all are wondering your potential. You're wondering if you're going to be the main speaker at the orange conference, you know, you're wondering if you can be a Josh or a Doug. And, Mm -hmm. and I just said, you know what, like, it's probably not a question of that. It's probably more a question of faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I always point people to when it comes to the parable of the talents, uh, you know, he doesn't say well done, good and successful servant." He says, Hey, you who had two, you gave me four talents back great work. You had five, you gave me 10. My fear is that in youth ministry, especially that we have some leaders who are actually two talent people who only want to be five talent people. Mm. And the problem is that when you start that cycle, you start chasing down the wind, you start dreaming of places that aren't your own. And you start wondering, you know, how can I create a following as opposed to how can I be faithful to what God's called me to? Mm-hmm. And when you start chasing that spotlight, man, you're not going to return any talents. That's when you're going to be the talent, the one, the person who put the talent in the ground and said, I got scared. So here's your talent back. Yeah. Uh, so man, like for anyone listening, I just chase faithfulness, chase staying in the same place for a long time. That's mm-hmm. always my message. Nice. Nice. So, so speaking of that, what what is that like for you to be uh, faithful there in your in your community, but also to yeah, what is because because I know what that's like, but a lot of our, our listeners don't know what that's like to to be able to pour into um, both your home church, but also to help make sure the networking is happening. So, how, what's that balance look like and time wise? Like, how do you make all that work? Because that's a lot of people to care for. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it is the constant, uh, tug of my soul. I feel like I'm being 
pulled in four directions, mm-hmm. but I also do it to myself. So obviously I love it. Right. Like, <laughs> yep. I mean, you're doing a podcast, you mm-hmm. get it. Like mm-hmm. you, we're trying yeah. to impact people beyond just our own little circle. And, uh, John Wesley had a phrase that constantly goes through my mind. He said, the world is my parish. And I don't see myself as just a youth pastor in a portion of the Philly area. I see myself as a youth pastor to the Southeast five counties of Pennsylvania, Mm. the, the Southeast portion of Philadelphia, because this is my heart. This is how God has wired me to reach my own people. And honestly, when it comes down to it, like I feel a call to this geography more than anything. Mm. And so I function in a church as a full-time youth pastor, yes. Uh, But I also spend a lot of my effort connecting with other youth pastors in the area and youth leaders who may be volunteer, uh, just because of the phrase, we don't want any minister ministering alone. Uh, So we create networks where they can come together, they can share ideas and be supported. Uh, We create training events where it's the whole work smarter, not harder Mm -hmm. type thing. You know what I mean? So, uh, for example, and, and here's the thing too, is that so many people, this is a problem. They'll create something. They're super amped about it. Like everyone should join this. They broadcast it to a Facebook group. They try to get people involved, but then no one joins on because they have their own thing that they're amped about, Mm -hmm. or they don't see the value in what you're doing. So you need to be proactive and to join what other people are doing if you want them to join you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever had that experience that I kind of described there? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, cuz I and I think I <laughs> I think as a young as a young youth pastor I was the same way. I, I was like, well, "Why aren't people like joining in this and why I'm trying to get things started?" And uh and it and it takes I think a lot of proactivity and and also being willing to to do stuff even if there are just a couple that come <laughs> the first few times. Exactly. And, uh, and and that's what I actually one of the things that I've been just just popped in my mind just the other day because I, I was talking to another youth pastor and he mentioned something and then it was like, oh man, I really need to start going and visiting other youth groups more often. I need to go yeah. to their ministry and support them and see what they're doing and learn from them um, as much as I can. And so that's going to be kind of one of my goals over the next few months is to be able to hand things off in my ministry a little more so that I have the freedom to go and not only support other youth pastors, but, but learn from them as well and see what they're doing and support them. So they don't feel alone as well. And, and hopefully, I mean, I don't do it because of them reciprocating, but, but it'd be nice if they do. Um, but at at the very least they feel support, um, from, from someone else. Yeah. We have a phrase that we say a lot at NNYM. It's the idea, make other people famous. Because we're not here chasing our own stuff, right? Like it's not about, and anyone who's serving the church, it shouldn't be about you, right? Right. But when we come to people, we want to be able to say like, I'm here for you. And the things we're doing, we're doing together. This isn't just, I have this awesome thing. I want you to do the grunt work of getting critical mass there. So the best networking advice I can give is you got to you got to give as much as you take when it comes to that. Uh, So, for example, this is a networking win in my world. Uh, We always every summer we say summers are service. Our kids, it takes over our trips. We don't do a regular camp. We do a service camp. Uh, We have a food pantry that we partner with weekly and other service projects. Well, there's a local church here who has an amazing trip to Vermont. It's a service trip. 
seventh and eighth graders. If I were to sit down and construct a trip, it would take me probably 500 hours of manpower. Uh, But me joining up with what they're doing, it saves my schedule. So I have more relational time. I can be with students. And it also, let's be real, he does it way better than I would do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I also get to show up to their thing and make it better with my people Mm -hmm. and show our kids we're working for the kingdom. We're not just in our own little corner. So it doesn't matter that it doesn't have the Johnny Rad thumbprint on it. What matters is the kids are getting this kind of cooperative experience. So I'm a big fan of working together for that kind of stuff. But I also show up to other people's stuff too. That's how it works. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love like the ability to do that here in Colorado has been really cool because there's been some other things that we've been able to just partner with. And and winter camp was one of those things. And it's the thing that I look forward to so much because it's a bunch of Colorado churches coming together to put this thing on. And it was already going on before I came in. And we just kind of, you know, hopped on board and, and try to do what we can to make it better. But really it's, it's a great experience, not only for me to partner with some other youth workers, but just for our students to get to know other Colorado kids and to, to connect with them and realize that it is so much bigger than what they see on a regular basis. So I think one of the cool things that I love about networking is that we're able to, to model that for our students and, and they can catch wind of that and hopefully start to do that as well. Yeah. And what I'm so encouraged about with this kind of stuff, I feel so I'm a millennial and I take all the millennial jokes and, you know, (laughs) I'm just like, okay, laugh it up. But we're going to be your bosses someday. And then (laughs) who's going to be laughing then? But I just feel that millennials and even, you know, as Gen Z's are starting to come up into the ranks, I really feel there's a spirit of cooperation. Mm -hmm. And there's this narrative, maybe from 90s youth ministry, early 2000s, where it's like, it's so competitive. We're all building our own things and competing. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't see it. Mm. I feel that everyone that I'm coming in contact with at least has a great desire to network, to work as a team. And I think a lot of smart minds are really getting out there that we do need to work together. We need Mm. to uh, not be about our own flag, but, you know, wave the flag of Jesus. So I'm encouraged because I think the millennials are going to right some of these wrongs. And I think one of them is teamwork. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the things that I, (laughs) I'm right on that cusp of, of a millennial. And so sometimes I, I do, I see that life from that side and I I love it. I love that that is the case. And I can't wait to see what the church looks like. Um, in the next several years, because when those millennials and more of them and Gen Zers are coming into uh, into leadership and going, okay, this needs to change. We've been doing it solo for way too long, and just imagine what we can do if we actually come together as God's whole church, functioning as the whole body as He intended it to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so, and again, even something like that, being able to be in your area. Stay in your area for a long time, start reaching out. And the bummer is that there is some serious turnover in student ministry work. So you might develop these great relationships and then they'll move on to this or that. And then you got to start over again. But the longer you stay in an area, the longer you're going to be, this isn't my phrase, but the exegete of your town. And I just love that. Like when, when people think, you know, student ministry in the Philly area I hope they think of me, not because I'm so smart, but just 
because I've just been here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I know people and I know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I can connect you to people smarter than me yeah. and uh, more connected. So, nice. uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my main messages whenever I get the chance to uh, do a podcast or speak uh, to other leaders is, man, just stay where you're at. Don't look at the horizon. Everything mm-hmm. looks real sexy out there. I get it. Uh, but yeah, just keep plugging away. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So let's, let's get a little practical about your ministry. Cause I, I love, uh, just talking, not that, not that programs are the most important thing, but I love hearing how other people do ministry. So, so what is your program structure? How do you actually reach the teenagers in, in your community? Yeah. So starting with the program, uh, we have our home bases as we kind of call it. So Sunday morning, fifth through eighth grade has, a. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, don't call it a Sunday school type things. You know what I mean? But, yep. you know, we have our group and it's fun, high energy. It's not like the Sunday school I went to growing up. Let's just say that. Uh, but we also are very intentional about saying that high schoolers need to learn to church. Mm. And that is not correct English, but we still say it. Mm. They need to learn to church. So if it's two wings of the airplane, high schoolers need to be there on a Sunday morning serving and worshiping. And then also we have Wednesday night for our high schoolers as well. Uh, so we always, we have a, we have our own phrases and the one is a student on, I'm sorry, a high school student on a Sunday is an adult on a Sunday. Mm. So, uh, we, we wave that flag pretty repeatedly, but Wednesday nights we have middle school and high school and we kind of do this thing. I'm sure other people out there smarter than me are doing it, but uh, they start off in separate environments. They have their own thing. But then we come together for worship and for the teaching. Mm-hmm. And the teaching is to introduce the topic, to kind of shake the beehive. Mm-hmm. And then you go to small group for the application of it. Mm-hmm. So it does work for our, our youngest middle schooler to our oldest high schooler. And uh, the reason for doing that is to not take up another night from the family mm. where they have to scoot to church. Uh, we, we get it done on one night and uh, we've been doing this model for three years now and it's been really working for us. That's cool. That's cool. Was that, cause I know I, I, I am the same way. The last person I interviewed thing with feeling very, very similar about this. I think there's a lot more youth pastors that are feeling very passionate about getting students in the worship services and, and being the church. And so was that something that, that you had to change or was that already in place when, when you arrived? Uh, it wasn't necessarily the culture, I would say. Uh, the good news is there wasn't a high school competition on a Sunday. It wasn't like they had a class or a group that met on Sunday. And we had some parents ask about that, Mm -hmm. which I understand because their main thing is engagement in the here and now. Mm -hmm. My thing is long-term once they graduate and they don't know how to relate in the service, they're not going to be plugged in church. Yep. Or they'll go to the college group, and as long as that feels like it's relevant, they'll be there. But there's an off-ramp at some point. Mm-hmm. You got to pick the fights in ninth and 10th grade. You got to push through. And I remember being in high school, ninth and 10th grade, being like, hmm, church is me. But I kept going. Mm-hmm. 11th grade, I caught it. I mm-hmm. got it. So there is a difference there. But uh, people got behind the culture pretty quickly. And so we have a good core that has kind of risen up into our high school ranks and they get it. They're served. We have a lot of kids serving on teams. Um, we have some that are even on the worship team, the main part, because nice. uh, they can just rock it. Yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, I 
I challenge anyone who has a special area for high schoolers on a Sunday, I'd really encourage you to rethink it. It's not because I said it. It's because Kara Powell said it. Right. <laughs> and she <laughs> is, no offense, but she is a lot smarter. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way smarter, way more interesting to listen to. Uh, so take her advice on that. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's that's a it's it's a current battle that I'm in the process of, of eventually getting to. Like we we're, we're making steps toward that, but uh, but I hope to eventually get to that point where we're like fully in, and and those students are are like a full apart. Uh, like you said, um, high school students are adults on, on Sundays, and and that's what I'd love to eventually get to. We're we're inching closer and closer to it. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know what? Every idea sometimes needs to be planted and watered before it can actually mm-hmm. grow into something beautiful. So, you know, make changes slow, as every person will tell you, and you know you'll get there eventually, right? Like we'll all get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> if we right. stick it out and if there's longevity, I think that's, that's the other side of it too, is sometimes exactly. we have to stick around so we can actually see our ideas come to f- full fruition. Exactly. So, so you've shared some great tips already, um, but is there any maybe last uh, couple tips that you'd like to share for any of the, the listeners um, that are out there just already taking fervorous notes and they've got tons of stuff, but what are some, a lot, maybe a last couple uh, things you'd like to leave them with? Yeah. So, I guess anything that I would say as far as closing thoughts or whatnot, um, I can only, I can only say this cause I'm speaking at myself right now. Um, so there is just a deluge of information of ways to be connected and, uh, student ministry has gotten smarter than it's ever been. Uh, and yet, Revival has not broken out, (laughs) maybe in pockets, but we student pastors are smarter than we've ever been. We are listening to the right people. But the only challenge I would give to people is, hey, as much effort as you're putting into the nuts and bolts, how much effort are you putting into your face down before God? Mm. And even me saying that, I am saying this because I suck at this. And so... All of that to say is, you know, I, I want to be someone who continues to call people back to the heart of God, not just the mind of ministry. Uh, so hopefully if you have any spare thought to think this over, just yes, plan, strategize. That's what we're here for. That's why Steve's doing what he's doing, man. It's for you. Uh, but put in more, even more time towards connecting with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I tell you what, I mean, we have... We have some of the smartest ministries in America, but we need the biggest spirit empowered ministries more than ever. So that's what I'm praying for. And I hope some people will kind of take that and start to think it over too. Yeah, man, that's so good. So good. I'm going to, I'm going to have to take my notes myself and go back and write some of those things down. That's, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. I'm going to go in my prayer closet now. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Someone else the other day just asked about how they were putting a prayer closet together and they were like asking about tips or something. And I was like, uh, just be ready for it to turn into a makeout room. But that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, when the spirit moves, right? Like, <laughs> no, 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 we don't do that. No, That's no, a disclaimer. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Johnny, I know people are going to want to connect with you. I know they're going to want to hear more about you, maybe ask some sort of further questions and stuff. What's the best ways for them to contact you? And is there anything else you'd like to, to promote before we wrap up today? 
Yeah, so if you hit me up on Instagram, it's rad 5 So there's no H in Johnny, and it's rad like the 80s, not rad. Rad. Um, so R-A-D-5. And um, I'd love to hear some more questions. Heck, I'd love to hear someone say, I disagree with what you said. That'd be <laughs> awesome. I love discussion. Uh, so that's what we have right there. As far as other things going on, uh, the only thing I can say is uh, I am just so blessed to be a part of National Network of Youth Ministry. Uh, I was a recipient of networking. It kind of kept me in ministry. Maybe that's another podcast sometime, mm-hmm. uh, the crash and burn phase of my ministry. Uh, but uh, meeting with other people has just been so valuable. So if you go to NNYM, National Network Youth, Youth Ministry, org. You can actually find a network near you. And if there's not one, start one. If you have one and it's not registered, register it so you can reach out to other youth pastors. This is all about cooperative leadership. We're just trying to make each other better. Uh, so check that out. And um, yeah, stay tuned for other things. Uh, I have some resources coming down the pike that I'm not quite ready to share yet, but hit me up on Instagram. We'll see it someday. Cool. Cool. Well, Johnny, thanks so much for, for being on the podcast today and may God bless your ministry, both there uh, at your local church and in the, the whole Philadelphia area. Thank you very much. This is fun. And just like Johnny said, make sure you are connected to other youth workers in your area. If you've not connected with anyone, make sure you check out the National Network of Youth Ministries website. And if there's not a network in your region for whatever reason, use the resources and start a network. It'll benefit you and it will benefit others in your area. And uh, thanks so much to Johnny for being on the show today. Thank you for listening to this story of uh, God's great goodness in, uh, in someone else in youth ministry, and I hope you are encouraged. Uh, We do want to thank our sponsor for this episode, that's G-Shades Student Curriculum, and as a thank you for listening to this podcast, I uh, again want to offer you a 5% off your order of G-Shades Curriculum when you visit gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G, and use the curriculum uh, promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, And again, you'll receive 5% off your order at gshades.org. Again, if you have not subscribed, make sure you do that. If you've not followed us on social media, uh, we would love to have your follow. Just like Johnny said, uh, he would love to have you guys follow and contact him. We would also love that to happen. So if you haven't followed me, you can follow me uh, on most social media media platforms at Steve Cullum. That's S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M. And you can also follow the the ministry... uh, the, the student ministry podcast on uh, Instagram. You can follow us at the student ministry podcast. It's pretty simple. And on Twitter, it's at student pod. That's S T U M I N P O D. And we would love to have you follow us over there. And especially because if you have someone that we should be interviewing on a future episode, we would love to have you contact us and let us know. Um, We're going to hopefully be uh, changing things up just a little bit in the new year. We're going to be entering into our fifth year of doing this podcast. Um, What I would love to be able to do is offer this just a little bit more often instead of once a month. I don't know if we can have it happen, um, but uh, honestly, your subscriptions, you sharing this with other people, all those sort of things 
things helps me know that you want to be uh, to be you want to hear more uh, from the student ministry podcast. And if that's the case, um, let us know by subscribing. Let us know by sharing it. Let us know by telling us on social media. And I will do all I can to make that happen uh, even more in 2020. Isn't that crazy? 2020. It's just right around the corner. And uh, I hope you guys have a great holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, and for all of you, as you go into this brand new year of, of ministry, I pray that, uh, that God will bless you and that he will give you uh, so many opportunities to make a difference in the lives of teenagers and families in, in your community where he has placed you uh, to serve him. And uh, with all that being said, we'll, we'll see you in 2020 uh, with another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And until then, may God bless your ministry. Mm-hmm.